Welcome back to Brooklyn Rebound Podcast, Game of Thrones edition, or whatever I call this thing. It changes about every week. It's your boy, Padru, here. Lord Padru. Actually, I think I've made myself, or I've been made, King of the Pod, so... King of the Pod, okay. That's my new, actually, my new name now. I've got my boy E-Nam to to the left here, and E-Nam, I think... I'm gonna make you hand of the of the king. Hand of the uh, king of the pod. Hand of the king of the pod. Okay, then I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it like I usually do. It's your boy Edash Nam, uh, aka Young Hand of the King of the Pod. You, I mean, you could throw on a made up one that you made up yourself too. I didn't have one. I was gonna go King of the South because they did the King of the North thing, and I'm from the South, but it's over. Yeah, you're not the king. Of the South. There's only one king around this part, Eric. So. Fair enough. As long as you understand that, we can I, move on. As long as you understand that I'm sitting in open rebellion, we can move on. Okay. Rebellion to the south, right? Not to my king chef. Totally, totally. Okay, Wait. cool. We've also got, so, you're familiar with Eric if you've listened to this before. Well, we did the, uh, at least Game of Thrones-wise, you were on maybe a couple yeah, weeks couple ago. Of got a couple of new guests in the studio, the Cube, today. That's, that's what I call this studio, by the way. It's called the Cube. And I guess this is like my whole small council here, so... Based on how I heard you talk before, I'm going to name you my master of whisperers. <laughs> uh, Alyssa, Liss. Liss <laughs> dog. Me. Yeah, actually, I have no clever intro prepared, but my name is Alyssa, and I will be whispering mm-hmm. at you today. As a master of whisperers, you have to... I think you're you're supposed to be have your ear to the ground, like... They're little birds and stuff, so you have to have them basically plagiarize like a nice witty intro for you, and then you use it as your own. Got it. I'm really that's what short, they do. so my ears are always pretty close to the ground. Well, that's that makes sense. <laughs> Works for me. Well, for the next small council meeting, you'll have that. You'll have that for me. Then. I'll come prepared, or you can have my head. Okay. All right. So one more one more guest on the council today. By the way, we're doing a Game of Thrones. Basically, Game of Thrones season six wrap up podcast here. Of Anna over here, what what should your position be? Let me think about this. What else is on there? Well, she's a minstrel. A minstrel. I'm a minstrel. Oh. I don't think the minstrel really gets a seat at no. the table for this. So maybe are you good with money? Or are you the master of, master of coins? Ooh, I like being master of coin. Peter, I'm the female Peter Baelish. Sure. The Always lady Baelish. Always have a master plan. Ladyfinger. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you're if that's your role, then I'm gonna need to borrow like twenty bucks real quick, and we'll continue. <laughs> so my normal, well, kind of normal podcasting partner, regular Enam Podnam, so my squire. I t- he was my squire last episode. Mm. He was pretty sub Podrick Payne level at squiring. He wasn't very good at it. So he's not even on this podcast at all, in case anyone's wondering why he's not here. So He's out. He's not on the council. He doesn't know. He knows, like, Game of Thrones a little bit, but it's like what when he, when it's like my uh, knowledge of Connecticut that he's always talking about. I know it a little bit, but I can't really run with it too much. That's like him with Game of Thrones. So you guys are more experts on the topic, right? Anyone yes. Can, anyone yes. can say? Yes. Uh, let's say yes. Oh, yes. 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 So... We know. I know Eric. I asked him before. Has read all the books. I know Anna. From talking to you, you've read all the books. You get into theories and stuff like that, right? Yeah, yeah. We get into all those nitty gritty theories that, unfortunately, the show has um, neglected. Yeah, well, we'll get into it in a little bit here. What What about you, Les? Uh, you haven't not read all the books, right? Right. I you? have read about two and a half of the books and all of the Wikipedia's. Okay. Maybe have your little birds fill you in on the rest of the second half of the books. I guess that's what the Wikipedia's do. Yeah. So, the last most recently released book was The Dance of Dragon. Wait, is it Dance with Dragons? I always forget. Do you know, like, the major plot points from that, that book then, even though you haven't actually read it? Yeah, I can fake it. My little birds will fill me in as we go. All right, so I have, like, a question then. So, remember in... So, on the season six finale of Game of Thrones... Mm-hmm. 
there was a, one character got killed by by the little birds. In fact, Mr. Pycelle, you remember this part? Oh yeah. And apparently Cersei was behind it in the show. Do you know who actually killed him in the book? It wasn't Cersei. No. Good Someone's got to tell him. Quick answer, but all right. Yeah, you know who did it, obviously. Oh, Varys did it. That's right. Varys, the spider, in fact, kills him and Kevin Lannister, and that, that's the last scene in the book, in the, huh. la- the most recently published book. So I'm bringing this all up because, like, things are very different now. So I want to talk the season six wrap-up, but um, getting into the books, like, it seems like, I don't know if you guys disagree, but it seems like a lot of the things that happened in season six could not even happen in the books. Like, literally couldn't be possible in the books, right? Yeah, I would say so. Um, there's just been, I mean, you can even just look at the the Dornish, uh, that whole plot line, plot line which has yeah. been completely, like, murdered, literally and figuratively, um, by the show. <laughs> Got stabbed in the back with a, a two-inch blade. <laughs> yeah, so, like, that, I, I don't even, I don't even know how that's gonna go forward in the, I mean, I guess it could just go forward, but it's just gonna be completely different. It could, like, move exactly to the same spot from here because what they did was like instead of having uh egg and griff and all those dudes go and like try to meet her they just showed one scene in the season finale with Varys just telling dorn hey what's up we're coming yeah a lot of people are getting on like the the time thing back and forth oh i do i was crazy but i don't care that much either but like a lot of people are harping on like Varys being on the boat in the final scene of uh well, season six after he was like in Dorne and then he just got on the boat. You know how he got there so fast, right? How's that? There's a fan theory that Varys is actually a merman oh, and that's yeah, why okay. he supports Daenerys because he wants the dragons to <laughs> so, melt the north and him, he'll be king of the sea. So this has actually been a theory. I saw this theory a couple of years ago even, I think. This has been around for a long time. Some people online really think that Varys is not a spider but a, or a eunuch but a merman. A merman. Oh, sorry, a merman. That's right. He's not a mermaid and drag is a man. He's a merman. I support this theory. I don't remember <laughs> all. Do you remember more of like the plot point or not plot point? Just the, the highlights. Yeah, the I highlights. Ha- I haven't heard of that one. Actually. You haven't heard that? No, I've no, heard. I thought you were on the on am, the uh, crazy heard, message board. I guess that that one's like probably like on this like the sillier. That's like they call it a uh, crackpot theory, is usually yeah. or tinfoil. Tinfoil, yeah. I read the theory that people think that Varys could be like uh, a descendant of a. Uh, the Blackfire Rebellion. And that's what I actually maybe agree with that one. Do you know what a Blackfire's are, Alyssa, from just watching the show and reading a little bit of the books? It's no. not a, a show plot point at all. I'm completely useless today. <laughs> but can we go back to the point yeah. really quickly of Varys magically appearing at the end of the finale? Yeah. I don't understand why people wouldn't realize that time had passed considering they had to build an entire fleet of ships yeah. for the Dothraki and their horses. So there was obviously some time there for I him mean, there's everything. Up. Like, Arya just showed up at the Twins all of a sudden, you know, like, we didn't see her travel. So I get that. Like, I get, I kind of get both sides. Like, I understand you just have to, that's the type of show it is, you have to allow for, you know, they're not going to show everything. But sometimes I feel like they could do a little better job. Like, with the various thing, I don't really understand why. And there was, there was like, Dornish ships in the fleet. So are, are they saying that they, they built, or they got the ships from Dorne? Went, went to Marine to join everyone there coming back to Westeros like why wouldn't Danny's main fleet maybe meet up in Dorne as like a landing point and then meet Varys there or the sh- I don't know like does that make sense so this show not everything has to happen in like a, a, a neat point by point timeline like the two the first two episodes took course uh, took place in the north over the course of two days because otherwise Jon Snow yeah, would have run yeah. but uh like across the sea it was weeks and weeks of Arya training also Lil Homie can touch a tree and see the pass and you're worried about just you're worried about Varys being in one place too soon after being in another place well my point now though is like not that he's there too soon but why did he go back at all like why wouldn't they just why would the Dornish and the um, Tyrell troops go over there and then come back with them why wouldn't they just meet in, in Westeros I mean that's a good question maybe they don't maybe they don't intend to land in Dorne, maybe they end up in the middle of the sea. Maybe they're maybe they're like closer than we thought. Maybe that's not them just crossing. I guess it could be Volantis or something. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking they're they're not. That makes sense. They're not. Maybe the Dornish. Maybe we're actually seeing them going towards King King's Landing. 
like they're meeting and then going into King's Landing. Yeah, I mean, I assume that's what they're going to do next season, show up in King's Landing. Well, before I get to predictions of what's going to happen next season, I guess we started, we're talking about the last scene of the season, but the season as a whole, what did you guys think? Let me go around, I'll start with my hand here. Good, good season, bad season, great season. What's your like kind of ranking? Uh, the hand of the king of the pod thinks that this is the best season of the show so far. I think this is the best season. I do. Season six was the best season. All what? the dialogue was like moving somewhere and enjoyable, and that there was nothing like too stupid happening. I mean, you can argue about like mm-hmm. why we spend so much time watching Arya get her ass beat, but. So you like the pacing this season? I like the pacing, and it's and just starting to tie things together thematically in a way that excites me. Okay, I could buy that. What about you, Master of Whisper? I would have to say it was a great season. Obviously, you know, the showrunners weren't tethered by any book that they had to, mm-hmm. you know, Follow coincide with. Of, yeah. yeah, not that they've been doing that very much, but essentially because HBO had full reign, they could kind of give the people what they want. So, so you think, think there was uh, they were doing things that the fans wanted type of thing? Definitely. Okay. Because I have heard some people online saying like it was like a lot of fan service this season. Mm-hmm. That is true. Um, I think they were catering to the fans, but... But you like that. As a fan, I don't mind cater every day. Okay. You want that catering every mm-hmm. day? Mm-hmm. Buffet style. Uh, okay. You don't want a server coming over. You want to go get it yourself. Yeah. That way I can, you know, keep going and get more dead wolves as often as I want. <laughs> you know, so many you thought killing, <laughs> killing the wolves was not part of the fan service that I had been thinking. I mean, I don't think most people were, unha- were unhappy about those developments. Sure. Okay. I just noticed you wearing a wolf skin cloak over here. Master of Whispers, I didn't... Now it's making more sense. I think that's an owl, homie. That's an owl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was... It's an owl. All right, well... Nope, my bad. But you know, no one would have known that, and now they do. Yes, yeah. this, this is a podcast. <laughs> Listen, the hand has to keep everyone honest. That's you know, what hands die now. real. All right, <laughs> hands die real quickly. Dash, not, I've been burned alive. You're not doing yourself any favors right now. <laughs> calling out the king like that. What about you, Lady Finger? What's your ranking here? Um, I, uh, I wouldn't say it's my favorite season. Like was mentioned before, I do like the fact that there was a lot of fan service. Because, you know, I'm a fan of the show and I want to see certain things happen. But, uh, I don't know, there's, I feel like the newer seasons have definitely taken a different approach to how they convey the story and I I feel like it's not my favorite. I feel like my favorite season's probably season three still. Season three? I hear a lot of people say three. I hear a lot of people say season one even is their favorite. For me, season one is like, like almost like a prologue or something like it mm. sets it up I can't like go back to it and like say it. when the weeks were so bad yeah obviously <laughs> there's way more money in the show by season 6 because it's so popular like it was like a hundred million dollars for the whole season or something like that yeah um they probably spent like 20 million on the one episode alone the Battle of the Bastards episode I did like the season a lot I liked it a lot better than season 5 I would say yeah 3 or 4 are probably better to me still you're seeing the dialogue Eric to me, the dialogue this season was very up and down. I, like, some episodes were really good dialogue-wise, and some weren't all that great, I thought. And the acting is very good, obviously. It always has been, really. Like, the production values are very good. The direction's very good, usually. Um, this, the writing this season was... I, I, get, I see what, like, what you're all saying about the pacing or the fan service, whatever. Like, they're, they're able to move quicker and not being tethered to the books, and... I think it's a good thing for the show. That's probably why season six was better than five, one of the reasons to me. But at the same time, to get the things to move quicker, like logic to me got thrown out quite a bit this season. On our last podcast you were on, I was kind of mentioning it, I think, Eric. But like, even with the Dorn thing, like they just killed Prince Doran and everyone. There's no repercussions, really. Ramsey just kills Roos. There's no repercussions, really. Like... People are just... It seemed to be the way to, like, move from point A to point B this season was just kill someone and get them out of the way. But it doesn't really... From the world they've set up, that shouldn't really be able to happen. And just, like... Like, I guess for Dorne, even if they were able to get away with killing the whole, I guess, royal family, you would call it, and the guards are fine with it, whatever, they pay them off, or the guards don't like Doran or whatever, 
like Doran is supposed to have a bunch of other major houses, yeah, like other lords that would be trying to take the power over or do something. The North kind of had plotline issues with this too. To me, I don't understand why the Bolton soldiers would follow Ramsay really, like right, so, uh, or at least other houses. Even I don't know. I feel like yeah, the, the season kind of you know the whole idea of kin slaying, which was huge. Oh, and, yeah, because that reminded me of the Greyjoy plotline, too. Right. Kinslaying, like, in this season just was rampant, and, like, no one... Very rampant, yeah. yeah. no one really particularly cared, which is something that would be, at least even historically, would just be a stain on, like, the family and you. Hmm. Um, especially in uh, Ramsay Bolton's case, because he is a bastard. I mean, even though he's a legitimized bastard, like, the stain of bastardy, they always say, never goes away. I guess they don't talk about it on the show as much. As yeah, the book, but. yeah, it's yeah. I wasn't I wasn't crazy about that. Um, also, the rules of feudalism just didn't apply to a lot of the houses. Well, like I was hearing someone else say, like th- those rules only apply to the extent to which you can get people to follow them. So if, if which makes sense, yeah. like if like Ramsay wasn't next in line or Cersei wasn't next in line, all you have to do is all you have to do in that case is write, ah, well, but people went along with it and. As far as, like, internal logic of the show, that does work out. Mm. No one challenged her. She's the queen. Stuff like that. Well, yeah, because they say, like, whoever... Yeah, where does power lie is, like, a thing in the show on the books. It's a whole scene with Varys talking to Tyrion, I Uh believe. Mm. Like, he sets up a scenario, like, there's a king... uh, Or no, there's a a common person, I guess, and he has to choose who to follow. The king, the richest guy in the room, or the military leader I think it's something like that and he's like who has the power here and like Tyrion tries to give him one answer to the other and then he's like no whoever has the power is just whoever the the common people or the people think has the power that's who they're gonna choose so if Cersei can just take over I guess by fear of the people or whatever basically Cersei's a terrorist essentially who blew up a big chunk of the uh yeah, you love Lena Headey, right? Or you just love Cersei in general? I love Lena Headey and the character. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's a very good actress. Pro- I would say probably top five a- actor on the show. Definitely. Especially with Jonathan Price gone now. Yeah, he. I don't know if I'd ever put put him in the top five. On the show, at least. Maybe of like just other work he's done. I know he's sure. like a very popular actor. But, um, yeah, but like, so Cersei, I guess, that were they calling her... Um, Cersei Lannister, like she's basically taking, she basically just usurped the throne in King's Landing. Like, yeah, like there's no press, there's no reason she should have it. Like by sure, well, except uh, that everyone else who's been going for these positions of power again, specifically the Lannisters, but really in general, just stays getting bodied. Like, yeah. who would want it? But what I'm saying is the Lannisters have no claim to the throne. Really. Oh no no no, she's not part the of Baratheon the Baratheon Lannister coast at all. Yeah, but we also don't know since Tommen, you know took a little jump out the window. Who is his heir supposed to be anyway? He doesn't have one. Would have been a Baratheon cousin or a Targaryen. Yeah, it would have... Yes, but they never introduced that character to, of someone, or well, to, like a Baratheon cousin or something. Right? No, but it, no, would, de- it would be, like, if you're going to follow feudalism, um, the Baratheons are distant relatives to the Targaryens, so it actually would be That's Danny. why they were able to, t- yeah, to take Yeah, and that's why Robert them. had yeah, a... Robert had the best claim, yeah. yeah. All right, so yeah, I want to s- talk about what's going to happen or what I think is going to happen next season, but for more wrap-up on season six, why don't you guys all throw out your, uh, who is your character MVP? Let's go reverse order this time. Oh, MVP. Oh, this is hard. Um, I would say, like, I love so many of them, but, like, who stuck out to me this season? I mean, I don't want to be, like, typical, but I, I liked how Sansa showed a little bit more something. You know, I I'm happy she's not a doll anymore. So that stuck out to me. She fed Ramsey to his own dogs. Yeah. So you know, I, I would say, as a character, she's developed a lot. So yeah, okay. why not Sansa? Is she? What was your favorite? The favorite thing that she did? Um, I don't know. Just not be so complacent all the time. Just okay. in general. So it's something that she didn't do, like, yeah. which is be complacent. Although she's still. That was one thing I didn't love either, the whole wrap-up to the John Sansa plotline, I guess, mm. how um, she never told him about the Vale troops coming in. Oh. Probably getting a lot of people... They both were responsible for getting a lot of people killed in the battle. 
um, through their actions, and they just are kind of like, eh, well, whatever, we gotta trust each other more in the future. Yeah. I feel like they should, I don't know, something more should have happened, but... Yeah, that, the whole, like, they even mourn Rickon. Well, like, yeah, but, I mean, he's not... I seen him. To be fair, yeah, even on the show, he's just a complete plot point device. He's not really a character. Even in the books, he's hardly a character. I know. Um, some people say his wolf is called Shaggy Dog because it's like <laughs> a Shaggy Dog story that like goes nowhere or whatever. Oh. Heard people say that. And also in the book, I, I was honestly always curious to see what's going to happen with Rick in the book. I don't know if you know this list, but uh, in the book, Davos is not part of this northern stuff at all. He goes, actually, he gets sent by a lord named Wyman Manderley to go find Rickon Stark, who's apparently hiding out on an island called Skagos, which is like supposed to be a cannibal island. So Manderly enlists. Davos goes there to try to get him to jump on board with Stannis. And Davos is I mean, Manderly's like, I'll go, I'll jump on board with Stannis if you go find my liege lord. Because someone overheard them getting away or whatever and figured out they were going there. So that's what Davos is doing in the book, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's so I was way more curious boring. to, but I was curious to find out what's going to happen with that storyline, though. Me too. And I still am curious, but yeah, they just killed him in the show. I don't know if that means he's definitely going to die in the books. I don't know. People are still alive in the books that are dead. Oh, a lot of right? I mean, Stannis is alive in the books. Yeah. A lot of people, but but now they're even past. True. I don't know. It's hard to line up where right. books end with but, certain you know, plots are past. But like even something as simple as like in the show, they wrap things up different. So. Go back to season two, if you guys remember the guy, Zaro Zohan, whatever his name is, in Karth. In the show, they Danny locks him in the vault with uh, the other girl, just leaving him to die, I guess. That's a character that's still around in the books who shows mm-hmm. up again in right. Dance of Dragons. So, like, they just kill characters to get them out of the way sometimes, when in the books they might be. Well, they're running out of, like, room for those characters to wrap themselves up. It makes sense, I guess. Yeah, on the show, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's fine. I mean, I don't really have a problem with that necessarily. But, all right, so who's your season MVP list? My season MVP would probably, actually, it's funny that you brought him up. It would probably have to be Sir Davos, the Onion Knight, for several reasons. One, I love onions. <laughs> so he could have been your MVP for all seasons since he showed up then. He's yeah. always been on your night. But he really showed up this season. Okay. Well, particularly, I liked the way he handled it when they were locked in the room with the corpse of Jon Snow and he was ready to just go ape mm-hmm. and kill everyone in the night club. Yeah. yeah, he was about to do that. And then um, the way that he tried to basically have um, Malisandra murdered. You know, at the end there, yeah. he stood up for his little pal who was incinerated. I yes. thought that was admirable. He's just a cool dude. Mm-hmm. I love him. And I guess, yeah, he, he might even be my MVP this season. But the one part you didn't mention, which maybe was one of his better parts, I thought it was like when, when they introduced the new character, who could also be an MVP, Lady Mormont... Ooh, mm. yes. Uh, she is maybe the best new character. Uh, what do you, what would you call it in sports? I guess the new uh, the rookie, rookie of the year. Of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's probably rookie of the year to Davos as MVP. So, but Davos, John and Sansa were were doing a pretty poor job trying to get her on board, and then Davos stepped in with the real talk and yeah. got her on board. So that was an MVP moment. I thought uh, I didn't like the Davos part, even though it was well acted. I didn't like how he was the one to like convince Melisandre to resurrect John because it didn't really feel right for that character at all. Who else could have done it, though? No one. That's why it was not great writing, in my opinion. They they should have done it. Or they should have at least set it up better somehow, like, given Davos the knowledge that people can get back to life somehow, at least, so at least would... Like, there was no evidence that the, that character would even know anything about that. It just felt like out of left field, kind of. Yeah. But it's not really the character's fault, I guess. Um... Still had a good season. About she, a hand of the king of the pod. Well, you guys are right to key in on Davos. Like, the North needed a competent, like, if reluctant politician. Johnny's so stupid and Sansa's not really ready. <laughs> Obviously, my MVP of the season and show is Cersei, oh, mother yeah. of mommies, <laughs> Lannister, uh, the, the queen. 
And now, now Eric's drinking wine like she does. Staring, I am out drink, at the, drinking wine and smirking into the, the middle distance. Um, she, she just won this season. Like she got everything that she's been working for that has been dangled in front of her the whole time that she was told that she couldn't have for whatever reason. Because you're a woman. Because you're fucking your brother. Because <laughs> <laughs> all sorts of reasons. Now she has it. She won. Come right. at Cersei, don't miss. What is kids it? are dead, though. Yeah, it's a well, mother she didn't of mummies. Even care about she, at that point. So yeah, her kids being the most important thing to her is a convenient, like Joan Didion style truth. She had to untruth. She had to tell about herself. And now that it's out of the way, she can drink wine and smirk and and, and just be but, who she but, is. No, but she Hand, can't. Lord Hand, is it a pyrrhic victory for Cersei? Because how is she possibly going to get out of? The Daenerys situation that's coming. Oh, she's definitely going to die. She's going to lose that war. She's going to go insane. And like so much of this, so much of the show is just like parallels, just like coming back to thematic material that we've discussed before. Jamie's definitely going to kill her when she takes a step too far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are we doing predictions now? Because I, I guess we could get into it. I mean, I predicted on the last episode I did with with Padnam that Jamie would kill Cersei after she mm-hmm. tries to blow up the rest of the city when she knows she's going to lose. Mm-hmm. Which I guess I've seen other people saying it. I guess that's a common yeah, that's out there. Thought. What were you going to say, Master of Whisperers? Oh yeah, Cersei's going to die. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Gloriously. I, just... well, I thought you just had a theory. Oh yeah, no, I have a lot. Not about her though. Oh, you want to just do a general prediction for season seven? Is it? Yes. Go for it. All right. So we saw the return of the Hound. He's back and better than ever. Maybe a little worse, whatever. But I think that we're going to see another showdown between the Clegane brothers. The Clegane Bowl, if you will. But whose side will the Hound be on? I'm not sure. Remains to be seen. You mean whose side of what? Who is he fighting for? Well, it seems like he was going with the brotherhood uh, at this point, which is an interesting development. I don't dislike it. Um... Oh, here's another thought I had. Because I was thinking, yeah, everyone thinks there's going to be this Clegane Bowl. And I do agree, even in the book and the show, it's set up like something's going to happen. A lot of people had thought it was going to be the, the trial by combat. Because even in the book, I don't know if you're aware of this, the Hound is alive also. It's not as explicitly stated as in the show, but like the other characters come across him not realizing it's him. But he seems to be rehabilitated on this like thing called the Quiet Isle, which is like where these seven worshippers live these septons and whatever so people thought like since he's in with the faith now he's gonna go to King's Landing and fight Frank and Gregor over the trial and the show the trial was completely subverted I, it might happen that way in the book or something else might happen I think maybe so Hound is going north probably with the brotherhood cause like Beric Dondarrion in the show is like the cold winds are rising it seems like they know about the White Walkers or something so it seems like they're going up there yeah so Sansa's up there, which was his former kind of, like, fixation. And then Cersei still wants wants Sansa dead or back in her possession. She's the queen or whatever now. What if she sends Frank and Gregor up? I don't know what, if she would let him leave her side. That's the one thing about this, because, like, it's one of her main protections. But what if she sends him up to go capture Sansa? Then the hound jumps back in. And that's where Clegane Bowl happens over Sansa Star. What do you think? Possible. Well, okay. this can actually happen if you consider the possibility of Jamie being like, I'll protect you. This is an easy way for me to get. Who is he protecting? Cersei. He'll like make oh, pretend. Cersei. He can be like, oh, I'll protect you. And then he can be like, you can send um, Sir... Whatever. Oh, so Jamie's gonna protect Sir Cersei Robert Strong. Sir in Robert lieu of Strong, Sir, Ro- right. Sir Robert. In the show, they don't call him that. I think they call him. They just call him Sir Gregor. So. Well, the yeah. mutant Gregor. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like Frank and Gregor personally. Yeah, <laughs> I can easily see him be like, send. You know, we know where Sansa is now. Now she's taken over Winterfell. We should send Gregor to, you know, capture her. Or, and you know, Cersei might be okay with that because she has her. Or your Jamie. male counterpart, Littlefinger, might pull some shenanigans and tell her what's going on. He's not happy, probably, with what's going on up there. Now, about Jamie, though, I don't... It did seem like he's not happy about what Cersei did here, to usurping the crown, basically, so is he even going to offer it to, like, protect her anymore or something? Well, I think if the show decides to do some fun twists, that'd be a fun way for him to, um, Mm -hmm. you know, make pretend that he's still 
Oh, so he's going to pretend, then, but then it'll be a place to choke her out. When she yeah, where there's crazy. nobody else to protect her. That's That could happen. That, that would be good. What do we think what logistically wise in the show is going to happen when in season seven here with, like, Danny coming in to take over or whatever? Mm-hmm. Well, I always think back to her vision, like, I don't know, I forgot what season one it was, but she had, like, a vision, um, one of her, like, prophecy dreams. Danny or Cersei? Danny. Danny. And uh, she sees, like, King's Landing, and it's, like, winter. She goes in the house of the undying. Right, right. Season right. two again. Right? Yeah, season two. And um, she goes into uh, the Red Keep, and it's, like, essentially yeah. broken down. Blown up or whatever, yeah. And um, it, there's snow everywhere. So... I wonder if that will still ring true, or if that was just a reflection on the sept. I don't know how the showrunners are going to do it, but I do think that will come back into play, since the show and the books in general like to play with prophecy. So I think when she comes down, either something bad's going to happen before she comes, and it won't be much to conquer, or after she conquers, she'll see that it was all for nothing. You know, that makes sense. There's, like, a lot of visions or things that are out there still that haven't happened yet. Like, some of the brand ones, too, with, like, a dragon flying over King's Landing has been shown, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously hasn't happened yet. Is that Danny on a dragon, or is that Bran taking over a dragon somehow, people think? I don't know. But what, realistically speaking, though, does Cersei have any allies whatsoever, really? I figure that there's a political alliance to be made with Euron once he gets his fleet made, because he's going to go over there and at least ask Danny, like, no, yo, yo, what's up? But she's already uh, promised to keep, like, to keep Yara and give Yara the throne uh, of the Iron Islands when, when she's done with Westeros. Yeah. So I feel like the logical place for him to go would be to throw his support behind Cersei when she and Danny go to war, so that he can basically make at least the same deal that Yara has with Danny with Cersei. And that way the sides are more even and uh, it gets more okay. civil war-y. Is he, I mean, it seems like it's going to take quite a while to build this thousand ships, but maybe that's another ship. Well, I mean, Varys is back and forth, so... Yeah, he, yeah, that's a lot of ship building time, I guess. Would Euron marry Cersei then, I guess? Would have you better not. I mean, I think it, that's <laughs> what would have to happen, though. Um, I, I believe that he would offer to marry Cersei. Uh, and she'd be cool with that? No. I don't know. I guess we'll find out how much she loves me. All right. So how much <laughs> she loves you? Oh, well, I don't know. I don't know. Lord Hand, you might be setting yourself up for disappointment. Yeah, it is what it is, man. What? So other? Okay. So other than the possibility of Euron Greyjoy and whatever, I guess Lannister troops are left around. Who else would? I guess the phrase or whatever. But that's about it, right? You yeah, got some. Well, dead. there's also Littlefinger, who we don't well, really that, know. That's other, yeah. Because Sansa essentially, I don't know, that last scene's kind of confusing. Some people interpret it as that as Sansa's not super cool with what's happening, and other people are like, oh no, she's smiling, she's happy that Jon Snow is not the king of the north. Who knows? But it seems like Littlefinger is not, not having Jon Snow as king of the north. He's not having it. Right. But ostensibly, the, ba- the veil does support the north. At the moment. For now. Right. But he has, you know, essentially control of the veil. And, uh,. He also, last time he spoke to Cersei, seemed like he had, or to Cersei's mind, uh, you know, she thinks he's still on her side. So. And she said she would make him warden of the North if he takes over Winterfell or whatever, which right. he technically did, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I feel like she's going to know what, when, I mean, he said he was going to clean up, going to wait for Stannis and the Bones to fight it out and clean up who, whoever was left. So it's kind of what he did, I guess. But the whole Jon Snow thing, like, is Cersei going to find out about that? It seems like she definitely would, right? Right. He, the, the North is basically declaring independence again, or whatever, or an open rebellion to the Crown. So, I guess, yeah, I mean, what, so maybe Littlefinger would temporarily get back on her side, definitely is not going to in the long term. So what do you think about it? He told Sansa in that last, in the finale, like, he wants to be king with her as her queen. Was that a, a, a lie, or was he telling? Is this him finally telling the truth? I mean, I don't know. I think this whole time he's definitely had some scheme, and I think the end result in his brain was just to be the king of the. Yeah. The, but I always thought he wants the power of the king. But I thought he was smart enough to not actually put the crown on, because that's when you get the target on your back for real. Right. Yeah. Either him. I always thought he wanted to be the hand of the king. Honestly, that was what I always thought. Or, like, just have someone stupid enough to be king. So, like, make Robin. Like, Tommen. Yeah. Or Robin, like, uh, who was his, like, 
little mind control child right now um, to become king and then he can just pull the strings which is essentially what you know what I think Varys uh, strives to do as well yeah but I don't know uh, now that the show has kind of laid it so that his you know he said it that he wants to be king I'm not sure I'm not sure if they're that's true. If that's true or not, or if he's just saying that to Sansa to make her think she knows what he's doing. Well, this might be a good time to bring up. So, like, getting back to some more book stuff, I guess. What do you guys are the ones that have read the books at least? What do you think is going to happen in this Baelish Sansa plotline in the book? Because as of where the books left off, it's completely, completely different than anything in the show. Sansa's in the Vale, pretending to be Elaine Stone, a bastard of Littlefinger still. Robert Aaron's running around with some knights that he created. All right, have you guys read the actually the um, I've not Winds of Winter excerpts. excerpt chapter? I read what Sansa the, specifically. Yeah, where she, kind of. I read most of it. I don't think Maybe I, I shouldn't bring it up it. then. I guess, but well, I mean, it's not really much of a spoiler. I Go guess. for it. It's like yeah. the fir- it'll be the first chapter in Winds of Winter with Sansa. She's still yeah. in the Vale, pretending like I said. They're having, like, a tournament there with the Vale soldiers. Um, Robert Aaron has created, like, his own kind of Kingsguard with soldiers called, like, the Wing Knights, I think. And then she's getting introduced to Harold something or other. Uh, Harold Harding, I think his name is, like, whose little finger has schemed her to marry. Then she's supposed to, because he's supposed to be the sweet Robin's heir. Mm-hmm. And he's planning to kill or have Robin die and have this Harold guy be ruling the Vale. And then Sansa will be married to him as a bastard, but then unveil that she's really Sansa Stark. And so Littlefinger is like, we'll have the North and the Vale. Now, who knows? That's what he tells Sansa in the book. Like, who knows? That's even his real plan. Because it's Littlefinger, but that seems completely different to anything that's going on in the show. But at the same time, maybe they could end up back in the same place. It's true. We are a little bit behind. Like, they could still go up there. Yeah. I think... The general direction of even that plotline in the books is more or less the same. Like, I think Baelish or Littlefinger is true. He just wants to control everything. So I think that the show definitely handled it completely differently. Yeah. Uh, I guess more pertaining to Sansa than, than Baelish. Where, where do you think she's going to end up in the book? Like, in a similar position as the show? Well, mm, no, I think it's going to be Is she time. even going to go back up to Winterfell at all in the books? Like, in, in the near future, at least. Oh, it's so hard to tell because John's still in the night, like, dead or stabbed yeah, to death. That's the last scene he um, has in the books, yeah. You know, no, and the Boltons are still in Winterfell. So, like, I don't know. That's, like, a really good... I, I don't know. I, I honestly think she... Say, yeah. I don't even know what... I'm trying to think of any crazy fan theories now. There's not that many... Most of the Sansa theories have to do with, like, further endgame, I guess, mm-hmm. but not, like, immediate, so I don't know. I mean, she could do pretty much anything at this point. Like, they haven't pushed her in any specific direction. She's still, like, spatially and just, like, thematically, like, where she's been for the whole time. Okay. Let's talk about this. So, I was saying things that couldn't happen in the, in the books that happened in the show. Uh, the whole Ramseyverse. John thing, I'm pretty sure, is not going to happen. But certainly with the Sansa Ramsey part, that's not a thing at all. But what about things that happened this season that could pop up in the books potentially? Do you guys have any of those? What well, could still happen? I think all the brand stuff. Brand, brand stuff. stuff is definitely... Hold the door, that whole thing. Yeah. Apparently the creators got that directly from George R. R. Martin. Yeah. But he said it would be in a different context to the reveal in the book. Right. Yeah, so I think all of Bran's storyline more or less is going to be the same. I think even the Tower of Joy reveal is going to be more or less the same. I don't, like, there are a bunch of theories that, you know, there are twins, or there's more than one baby, or, like, you know, there's a bunch of those. Danny and, um, Danny genre and John, twins. Yeah, um, or, uh, or Danny's the daughter of Ashra Dane, like, there's all yeah, these Yeah, not a show character at all. Yeah, so all of that... You know, I don't think that's going to actually... I think all those theories are kind of, like, kind of gone with the wind now. Like, So, who... Getting to Tower of Joy, I guess, who um, who tells John about his parentage in the show and the book? Because he's not been told in either. You think it's Bran and both? One. Would it have to be? Like, no one else knows. Well, Benjamin Stark should know. And he's been reintroduced in the show, even though he's kind of dead now or whatever. That was, like, a fan service kind of thing, I think. Because mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to... made it clear that he's 
like Cold Hands ben, isn't Ben yeah, Stark. Yeah, they, they the, made him this yeah. Cold Hands character novel in the show, put him in a different place. Right. Uh, did you or you get to that part in the books, Les? Um, I know Hands? about it. Okay. Yeah. That was and the third book, probably. He showed up. Yeah, I expected that it was going to be him because they keep bringing Benjamin up, even though he yeah. really had a very minor role. Yeah, minor role, but he's an interesting person, like just because of his last name being Stark and knowing this potential stuff. So I guess Benjamin showing up again should probably know. Uh, Howland Reed is the other one people always throw out, which is Mira Reed's father, who right. was in the Tower of Joy scene stabbing Arthur Dane in the back. Right. He's supposed to still be alive, even though we've never seen him on the show or the books. He's only been mentioned. Also, Master Eamon uh, is another candidate that might have known. Uh, even though he's dead now in both the books and the show, mm-hmm. it is very possible that Sam will find out in correspondences. Uh, with who? With uh, Rhaegar. Targaryen. So that Master Aemon was really close with Rhaegar back in the day. Would they have a record of those letters in old time? Who knows? That's the thing. I don't with know. With Rhaegar. I don't know if I knew about this. I know he was close to his brother, whose name was Egg, Aemon Targaryen. Well, but Rhaegar was his, like, grand, Aemon's, I guess, grandson or great-grandson. His great-grandson, I guess. Grand-nephew. Or nephew. You're right. But, uh... Aemon's grand-nephew, not, uh... Not, not Aegon. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, I've definitely read that like they had correspondences and because Rhaegar was so interested in the past because uh, he was born at the tragedy at Summerhall and Aemon. Uh... But here's the thing, though. I feel like if Aemon knew about John and who his parents were, he would because in the like toward the time that he dies in the books, which is also different than how he dies in the show, he's going to Old Town with Sam and Gilly on a boat and he tells. He hears about dragons being born into the world, and he starts saying, like, oh, Daenerys is, like, the prince that was promised because I didn't think of it because it's female, but dragons don't have a sex, so she's, like, the one. He doesn't think about Jon at all. At least say it out loud. It's a Sam or anyone. So I feel like he would have that in his head if he yeah. knew about this. So I think I feel yeah. like he d- didn't know. That's fair. That's fair. I didn't think of that speech. Uh, hmm. And he might have just, even even if he didn't, because he was, like, at the end of his life telling Sam stuff, he might have told knowing John is good friends with Sam, and that's what Sam talks about a lot anyway, he might have told something to him knowing he's going to die anyway. Well, once you're... Maybe not, I don't know. Once you're brother of the Night's Watch, though, it doesn't matter anymore, and I think It's Eamon, supposed to not, but yeah. Yeah, I think Eamon was much to that, like, philosophy, because he was past, you know, they did offer the crown to him, and he said no. So we're on topic of maesters now. What about, I don't know if this might be more book thing than show, but there's some comments in the book that people make about maesters that people online have like have a theory about called like the maester theory or something where there may be some scheme by all the maesters to like remove magic from the world or tamp it down and stuff. Is this a thing? I think it's a thing. So besides like the regular you know books that we that are you know associated with the show George R. R. Martin and like some of his other friends also wrote uh, A World of Ice and Fire which is like a textbook and it's written in the point of view of two maesters or several maesters and when you're reading it and if you listen to the audiobook which I did they like question anything that people attribute to magic so they're like, oh, this was probably just a natural occurrence, like the arm yeah. breaking in Doran and stuff. And like Maester Lewin in the beginning of the books and shows, like telling Bran, this stuff's not real and whatever, but it really is. Right. Uh, that's like another example. I definitely think they, I don't know if they want to get rid of magic, but there's definitely like a big, big skepticism against right. it. And I, I wonder, I don't know how that's going to play into the yeah. larger theme. Of and certain story. characters in the book, um, blame maesters for getting all these wars started a lot of wars started like the R- Roberts Rebellion to begin with maesters read all like write and read all the letters so they can like make people you know they can kind of like the media or something they can like make the narrative mm-hmm. or whatever and some some people don't even know how to read like the common folks don't know how to read but even some like more highborn people don't know how to read that great or anything so like they read them the letters they can just make stuff up or whatever like so it's interesting. Mm-hmm. We need to talk about it more. Um, I, we we got to wrap up pretty soon here for this uh, season six wrap up small council meeting. But uh, I want to talk more book stuff with with the council here in a future time, hopefully. But just to wrap up this podcast, let's wrap up the season a little bit more here for the last couple of minutes. 
any other any other things you guys want to throw out from season six, good or bad, or favorite parts or or predictions for next season? Mm-hmm. Lord Hand. So while the uh, the return of in the north, the return of the siblings ruling together theme from like the first two seasons when it was Tyrion and Cersei and uh, Jamie is his name. Uh, you just hate him that much because he gets in with Cersei. Oof, I hate him. Um, I see what you're doing. So, so that theme's coming, like coming back out of the middle of things in in the North, where John and Sansa are going to have to like be arguing. They they clearly have different visions for how things should go. John's not a good leader, and Sansa's eyebrows it's might, not a good might be leader, at least. right. Right. Uh, he's he's very hot headed, and she is not. Maybe. I feel like we need to keep an eye out for that, and also like. What is happening with all of the houses that aren't currently involved in the political warfare? It's like, they're, they're all here, and they are all going to be involved when when the winter comes for them. Like, when the Night King comes down. They all yeah, still we didn't even talk there. about any of the beyond-the-wall <laughs> right. stuff in the White Walkers. So in the limited space that we have in the, in the coming seasons, like, what does that look like? Do, do we rally any of the troops? Do people just get, just get like, boned? Like, sorry. Yeah, you. that's going to be interesting. This is like a typical small council meeting where we're not even seeing the real issue. Here. <laughs> the White Walkers, we just didn't even think about it. I Stay did. ready. All right. You guys were just talking about the books. And All right, so this is your spotlight you to, to wrap it up. Lady of Whispers, what do you got on, All right, on the so, White Walkers and such? Uh, I think I've already shared my prediction on this with The Hand recently. But okay, well, it wasn't recorded, so. Exactly, here we go. So this might be, you know, a common thing that people are thinking. If you all recall when Bran was in the cave um, that used to have protection against the White Walkers, you know, when he was learning everything from Three-Eyed Raven, who may be him in the future, but whatever. Anyway, it used to have protection. However, when he allowed the, you know, the White Night King, what are we calling it? Night King. The Night King is what they call him in the show. Okay. It's unclear. I don't know what he calls himself. He doesn't seem to speak. Uh, I think he's cool with Night King. If you zoom in, if you freeze it and zoom in, he's got a little like label on his little lapel that you just gotta zoom in. Hi, yeah. my name. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, my name is Night King. So the Night King touches Bran, and shortly thereafter, they're able to storm right. the cave. I think I know where this is going, because I, I believe I brought this theory up on a past episode. Continue. Oh, okay. And, you know, basically ruin everything and cause the death of not only one of the dire wolves. Mm-hmm but also the beloved Hodor. Now when Benjen, Cold Hand Benjen, drops them off at yeah. the uh, at the tree and leaves them, which is really smart Takes because the he horse, can't walk. Doesn't get. You know, he tells them, oh, I can't go through there. There's right. magical protection on the wall against, you know, dead people like me. Bye. Well, Bran ruined magical protection once. I think when he goes through the wall, he's going to ruin it down. again. Yep. So or Bran is going to once again be the catalyst for an entire shitstorm of death. Local man ruins everything once again. Yes, <laughs> uh, exactly. You I think did, he was so, from Florida. So I did. I had had a similar thought, Lady of Westeros, and I kind of mentioned that on I think on the last podcast, just a review of that season finale. It does seem like that's what they're setting up, but I just don't understand because like, does Benjamin not realize that's going to happen, or why wouldn't he warn him? Or not maybe to go he realizes and knows that it has to knows that it has to brand in the future no, with this time travel right. aspect it's very confusing now so we don't have time right now to get into the whole time paradox thing or whatever but yeah it's something to look out for and I like your theory there I, I, I agree with it probably anything from you Ladyfinger to wrap this episode up of the season up? um well I hope that I really hope Daenerys comes and I hope it's not about becoming queen of Rust. Westeros, honestly, I I rather than not focus. That's on boring. That. Yeah, it's boring because you know in the end. King what do you want for Westeros? Already has a queen, so. <laughs> um, I honestly, I want her to do something, and finally she seems like she's doing something. So I'm excited to see that. What about Dan- Danny and John? Will they meet up in season seven? Mm, probably, or they're just gonna. It's gonna be like the very last episode, and they're finally gonna meet. And okay. I don't know. Well, it's supposed to be two more shortened seasons. So right. You think the very last episode of the series, or last episode of the short oh, last season seven. of season seven, and okay. then I think season eight they'll work together. Could for, be. Could be. Know, the dawn. I have a question. Yes. 
Did anybody else love it when Tyrion knelt down to Danny of his own volition when he had previously refused to kneel to Joffrey when he was, you know, made hand of the king? That scene was very cute. Yeah, it was, it was adorable. Dan- what uh, Tyrion was getting everything he ever wanted, kind of the validation. Not only that, leader. but yet it was the first time he ever, you know, respected someone's power, and you know was willing to show his loyalty physically. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I love him. And like how they set the camera up, like before that, he's like, even though, I mean, Amelia Clark is pretty short, I guess, but, so Danny looks short, but he's standing on a step, and even though he's a dwarf, but they're like looking eye to eye, mm-hmm. and then he kneels down, so that's a good camera work uh, thing there. All right, well, yeah, like I said, we need to get another small council meeting going on to talk more stuff because this is barely scratching the surface. But as just a good season six wrap-up, I think it was good for the podcast here. Thank you, my whole council here, and uh, Liz, E-Nam, for all being on. And I got to tell you, uh, Lord Hand, I have commissioned a hands tourney right now, so we're going to... All right. Stop the pod and go do that. And you know what? I, t- I convinced um, Kevin Durant, forget about those warriors. You got to come ride in the hands tourney. He's so going to come ride in the tourney. All right, all he's right. He's going to be a champion. It's going to be great. I can't wait to get drunk to watch that. Uh, so we'll, we'll do that right now. And uh, it's your boy, Pod Drew, signing off. Sorry, King of the Pod Drew. Uh, look out for another Game of Thrones podcast. Of course, stay subscribed to Brooklyn Rebound podcast for more NBA talk and things of other nature. Check out me and E Nam's show with uh, our friend Cheesehead Marv on NFL football season. That should be coming back soon. So much Look football. out for all that stuff on Pod Boys, P O D B O Y Z Productions on Facebook. And we're out of here. Peace, fellow Marvelous.